and share with you what the Lord is saying. So, Father, we, we just thank you for Emma. We thank you for her life, Lord. Thank you that she is, she's your fruit. And, Lord, we want her to share freely, Lord. You showed me a picture of her earlier, that you and her was entwined, that she can speak on your behalf as she speaks also, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what she's going to share with us today. Give her freeness in your spirit and give us open ears and hearts to hear what your spirit is saying to your church today. In Jesus' name. Bless you, Emma. Hi, everyone. Hi. So as we were singing then, just before I start, um, I just had um, this verse from a song kept coming in, um, coming into my mind from Brooke Fraser, who's like a Christian artist. And it was saying, if I find in my heart I've got desires that nothing in this world can satisfy, I know that I'm called for a place not from here, like not of this earth. And um, yeah, that's something that I've really noticed over my life is like even, you know, before I was a Christian or, you know, even when I drifted away from God and I thought, you know, I had like loads of blessings in my life I thought I was living a good life but I could never there was never a true satisfaction like I was always seeking something else um so yeah anyway um so I come from a non-christian family so closest my family have come from to God is like my dad's uncle and aunt who are like Jehovah's Witnesses um so I was raised in a very like non-christian household and never been to church didn't really know anyone who went to church apart from like the odd carol service um and when i was about seven or eight i started praying like just by myself just like i was just starting to like seek god and like my heart started to be like open um and i started to be a bit curious but again i didn't know anyone who went to church and like i just had this image in my head that christians were really boring they weren't you know like cool or whatever so um yeah and then um and my i came from like I don't like this, this expression, but like a broken home. So my parents split when I was four um, and my dad never really acted like how I thought a father should act. So he wasn't very responsible. I had to help, you know, really like bring my little sister up um, and really like take on that role from a young age. Um, so I was often like, you know, when I became a Christian, that was always um, an issue I was struggling with because like I know everyone said that God is the ultimate father and loves you, but I also wanted my father on earth to like act like god's love and you know stand up and be responsible like my mum who's amazing um so um yeah so um through secondary school before i became a christian like life was you know fairly tough like i was like bullied by my teacher in year six and then like peers in year seven and year eight um i had a lot of injuries like a lot um I'm a really like I'm really lanky anyway but um I used to fall over and break myself like literally about once a year it was ridiculous I've spent about three years of my life on crutches um <laughs> so um yeah that was fun and like I've had <laughs> uh had yeah I was, we were in three car accidents as a family um I fell down the stairs I damaged my back and my pelvis like it was just yeah something like pretty much every year and then when I was 13 me, my mum, my dad and my sister went on holiday to Greece and me and my sister were really excited because we were like, oh, maybe they're going to get back together because we'd never been on holiday like as a family before. And on the first night, my little sister, who was 10 at the time, got um, hit by a car and was in, like, had about over 100 stitches in her face, was, like, covered in blood. Um, yeah, it was really horrendous. Um so and then at that time as I said I'd started to pray more and more and I was really angry at God I was like how can this happen to my baby sister who I love so much you know she's like so innocent um and I really struggled with that 
Um, and then this pain and like lack of understanding from my friends, because obviously most 13-year-olds are not equipped to deal with this sort of stuff. So I started hanging out with like older friends. Also, I was a foot taller than most of my peers. I had my growth spurt when I was nine. Um, literally, year seven was fun. I was like up here. Everyone always thought I was like in the sixth form or something. Um, so I started going out, like drinking, smoking, smoking weed, um, shoplifting, clubbing, like... You know, I think my mum must have despaired because I used to sneak out of the house when she was asleep um, and, like, have lots of sleepovers at a friend's house so, and we just, like, go out. Um, so, yeah, and I was just very, like, angry at the world and just didn't, I didn't know how to cope. Um, and then uh, when I was at school, like, so this was in year nine, so I was, like, 14, 15, um, I met this girl, Beth, from Lauren, this girl that I used to go out, um, like, clubbing with, and she was a Christian, and she introduced me to some other Christians, and I was like, mm, these guys are really cool. Like, they're not what I had in my head of like what Christians were like. So they kept inviting me to my church, to their church, and I was like, mm, I wasn't really sure. But eventually, like curiosity got the better of me, so I went along to their like evening service, and I still remember like walking into the reception area of the church and like just chatting with a few people. Uh, you know, kind of like that bit of hair, and then walking through the doors into the proper church and literally feeling like I'd walked through a wall of, like, power. Like, I just felt the Holy Spirit for the first time. Like, it was, yeah. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, the most incredible experience. And as the service went on and, like, you know, the worship, and I started to just feel this, like, building up inside me of like you know connecting to God for the first time and feeling like his love for me and I was just like in floods of tears and a total mess <laughs> um so yeah so I gave my God uh, to life to Jesus that night I didn't quite understand the kind of seriousness of the decision I'd made so rededicated myself a month later when I'd learned a bit more about like the Bible and and what it meant to be a Christian um but yeah, that that I still remember that experience like so much. That sense of like homecoming, of being where I was called to be, and um, yeah, it was really intense. <laughs> so, um, how has my Christian journey been since then? So I was like, it was just before my fifteenth birthday. Um, it has not been smooth. Um, it's been definitely a roller coaster at times, as I'm sure it is for most people in the room. So I came up with like three kind of periods of my life that I've like, you know, gone between. So like A, for absent, when I've drifted away from God. Like I've never usually had like a cutoff. It's always been, you know, like steps like, oh, I'm not going to go to church, you know, today I'm too tired. And then I'm going to stop praying. And then, yeah, I don't want to read my Bible anymore. And I'm not going to spend time with my Christian friends. And then suddenly you're not, you're not in a relationship with God anymore. And I've always felt God's presence, even when I've tried to move away and tried to just live in the world and do what I wanted to do. And, you know, like, even when I was saved, it didn't, I didn't stop. Like, I did stop for a while, like, going clubbing and stuff, but I started drifting away um, when I was about 16, 17 and started, like, dating a non-Christian guy, thought I was strong enough. And, you know, my Christian friends were, like, counselling me, like, you know, this is really dangerous, like we're called not to be yoked to unbelievers. Um, but of course, I ignored them being a stubborn teenager, thought I knew better. Um, and like the, my, the boyfriend at the time pressured me into sleeping with him. 
which then drove me really far away from God because I felt so guilty and, you know, that sin was just, like, eating me up. And, yeah. So, um, but God's, you know, I always think uh, the verse, like, Psalm 103.12, where God says, um, as far as the east is from the west, so far as God removed our sins from us. And I think the word that came earlier about someone who's, you know, God can forgive any sin. Like, our, our logic isn't God's logic, and we can't imagine God's reasoning and God's, like, thought patterns. Like, they're not of this world. And the Bible tells us that God loved us, has called us by name, and forgives everything. Like, we are free from sin. We're free in him. Um, so other times in my life has been B for borderline, or as I like to call, a lukewarm Sunday Christian. So, like, that's when, you know, I'll go to church and I'll praise God on Sundays, but come Monday morning or Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm not, I'm not living the gospel. And, like, one of my favorite verses is by, um, sorry, quotes by St. Francis of Assisi. I think I'm saying that right. So, I uh, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Because I think actions are so much stronger than words. And I think the DC talk says the biggest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyles. And that is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable, which is so true because, you know, you hear all the time, well, I'm not going to believe in God because they say they're Christian and then they're going out and doing this and that and then they're not like we're called to shine, which, you know, is such an honour and such a blessing. But it is hard because we're living in darkness and we're called to shine and to be different. And, you know, the world is constantly telling us, like, you know, do this, get this. You know, like, you want more money, more things, more new this, new that. And we're actually called for a life of freedom with Jesus. And it's completely different to the way everyone in the world is living. Um, And then moving on to C for Christ-like, so like when amazing periods when I've been totally on fire for God, I've been walking the walk, talking the talk, and like really living in the amazing freedom that God has called us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, so, yeah, so I think I always try and aim for C, obviously, <laughs> but there's been times, yeah, when definitely I've gone between like A, B, and C, and still, you know, I think we all have so busy lives and there's times, like, you wake up on a Monday and you're like, oh, I'm too tired. Like, you know, I don't want to go on the bus and, like, smile at people and talk and, like, listen to the spirit. And, you know, when God's like, go talk to that person. <laughs> I just, I want to sleep, God. <laughs> but, you know, we're called to be different and we're called to shine. Um, and I think also it's like, we can't imagine the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us, like, to not only to go through the incredible pain and torture of being crucified, but actually to he was innocent, he was free from sin, and to have the weight of the world's the, the world sin, not only that was then, but is to come, on his shoulders, and for, you know, when he cried out, God, like, Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? To have that disconnect and that pain that, like, we just can't imagine. Um, and I think it's... You know, when you're just you're living your everyday life, and I'm like, I do this all the time. You just don't, you can't imagine it. So, like when you're drifting away from God, like to remember that for me anyway, for remembering like that sacrifice and what it actually meant that He died for us, so that we could be free, that we could live free from sin, and have an amazing life in Him. Um. So yeah. So other things I've 
struggled with has been um, like bereavement, because like I said, none of my family are Christian, so I, I don't know if I'm going when I get to heaven if I'm going to see any of my like loved ones there. So like from um, 2005, I had like a close member of my family die every year to two years. Um, so like my grand, yeah, either from cancer or old age. Um, which was really difficult to me. And then, you know, I'd feel guilty afterwards. I was like, did I do enough to witness? Was I, you know, preaching the word enough? Why didn't I do more? Um, but, um, you know, God's always been such a comfort for me to, like, you know, and, like, Luke 12, 25 says, you're worth so much more than birds. You can't add anything to your life by worrying from it. So I think all we can do from our mistakes is learn from them and, like, try harder next time and know that God loves us, like, irregardless and that we never know like what's going to happen when we get to heaven and like those small actions that we've done how they've like changed the kingdom of heaven so I think just like living your life in faith and knowing that God's you know he's given you specific gifts and callings and you don't know how they're working because again we can't see the big picture so just keeping like focus on that um another thing I've struggled with is like the state of the world which increasingly seems to be ripping itself to part and getting worse. Um, and, you know, there's enough money in the world today that no one should go hungry. Like, no one should go without clean water, no one should go without healthcare. Like, but because of man's corruption and greed, the world is, you know, groaning. And God gave us free will, and because of that, you know, man chooses to be corrupt and chooses to sin and chooses to be selfish. Um... So, yeah, but I think just remembering that, like, God's love and God's compassion for us, and again, that we don't know, like, his plan and his purpose. So just keeping, like, focus on that. Because Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You'll find me if you seek me with all your heart. So, um, yeah, that's always, and just remembering that, God has his perfect plan and it's not our logic so it often doesn't make sense sometimes I've been through horrendous situations and come out the other side and be like all right okay Um, but you know when you're going through it and you're walking through that storm and you're just like why is this horrendous thing happening to me like you know my sister's car accident at the time I couldn't understand why this was happening to my baby sister but afterwards, you know, now we are so close. Like, it really unified as a family as a, and brought us together. Um, and, you know, it started the kind of process of giving me, like, a call to, you know, to, like, for the world, to, like, help, to nurture, to, like, um, to, like, to protect. Um, I also went through my own car accident, another one, in um, 2007. So I got run over by a speeding Audi doing 60 in the bus lane. So again, was like really lucky to survive. Like literally was only by God's grace. Like the police were like, you should be dead. Um, so yeah, and I, if that hadn't happened, I would have gone down a completely different career path. Um, and also, like, praise God, the compensation allowed me to pay for my master's fees without having any debt, which was, like, such a blessing. Because um, I really felt it was such a privilege for anyone, like, if, you've, if you can do in any sort of education, but especially as a woman, because, like, I lived in Latin America for three years, and you'd speak to so many women who'd have that desire to learn and to study, but they wouldn't be able to because of family pressures or their family didn't accept it or they just didn't, like, have the money. 
Um, and I also experienced, because of my car accident, I also experienced healing. So, like, the doctor said that my left foot, my right foot, my right foot was um, totally smashed up and I was going to need, like, an operation. And at the time, I was going to a church in Sheffield, where I'm from, and um, someone that prayed for me, and, like, I just felt this, like, when I was still, like, in a pot or a boot, I felt this, like, warmth going through my foot. And literally, like, it was amazing. Like, I was, like... Like, I could, yeah, stand on my foot, and next time I had an x-ray, they were like, what's happened? So, that was amazing. So, yeah, that was that was really incredible and, like, really encouraged me, because um, I've had, like, since, because of all these accidents that I've had over my life, like, I have a lot of back and neck pains. I've got, like, nerve damage and several dodgy discs in my back. Um, so, it's always been, you know, I have pain, like, all the time. Um, but knowing that you know, God can heal me and will heal me. And like, you know, I am, I'm guilty of this because I just want everything to happen now. So, but, you know, God has a perfect time for everything. And again, we don't know when that is. So it's just about being faithful and patient and knowing that like, you know, we were created perfectly in our mother's womb and that he knows every single hair on our head and doesn't want us to feel pain like a loving father. So yeah, just being um, faithful. Yeah. Um, I also, um, another really difficult part of my life was uh, I survived um, domestic violence when I lived in Cuba. So again, I drifted away from God and started being in a relationship with this Cuban guy. And he was really, like, manipulative, like, emotionally, financially, like, and sometimes physically, which was, yeah, an incredibly difficult experience to me. Because I was like, how is this happening? Because, you know, you, you... you heard I'd heard about um, stories of like domestic violence because my mum's a probation worker, um, so she works with a lot of women who've like experienced it. But I was like, you know, I've been raised by like a really strong mum, and like, how am I in this situation? And more to the point, why did I stay in that situation? It was only for like four or five months, but I kept going back. But it was a really good experience in the sense that it enabled me to understand the mentality of what it's like being abused and that has led me to go on to want to work with other survivors and has given me a really heart and like understanding so I think reaffirming that like through you know adversity God can really use that time and shape us and give us compassion and love and heart you know for the world and understand what it's like to suffer so it's also led me this year so I've been starting to train to be a counsellor because um, yeah I just felt like a calling on my heart to do that so to like be able to use those skills um not in the future it takes quite a long time to train <laughs> but um yeah but god definitely gave me that um on my heart so yeah and like through all these like experiences god's you know even though i felt like sometimes god's abandoned me or god's forsaken me and i'm just like in you know like so far from my family or in so much pain but I know that God he never abandoned me and he's you know whenever I've asked like he's always sheltered me and comforted me and weathered and we've weathered out the storm together and I know he's been even when I wasn't aware of it he's been walking with me like every step of the way and that through these experiences God has strengthened me he's made me very you know really resilient he's and he's given me like such a heart for the world Um, so yeah, and this like 
what I think is a definite calling on my life, like this, you know, kind of heart and compassion for the world and for like, you know, the the needy and the sick and, you know, people who are suffering from be it poverty or conflicts or um who are like survivors of like domestic and sexual violence. Um, so this was definitely nurtured by my family because they, they've got, definitely got like a really giving heart. So my grandparents and my mum and, and my dad, like they've always volunteered and like, you know, done stuff with charities and asylum seekers and stuff. Um, and then when I was living in Costa Rica, I was doing voluntary work with disabled children and their family in Costa Rica. And then I was like working and um, traveling in Latin America for several years doing like different projects. And that had a really big impact on me because I think like living in real poverty for the first time, because obviously you see poverty here in England, like, you know, there are so many people now living below the poverty line, but I hadn't like lived it. So I was like living in a like favela shanty town and like, you know, and actually trying to live as a local. And that had such a profound effect on me to like, you know, and just how how wrong it is when, you know, there's so much wealth and so many, so much blessing in the world. Um, So, yeah, so that's, um, that kind of led me, like, God's really called, called me to, to do that. And I think, again, what I was talking about before, when we don't know God's plan, so over the past few years, God has been positioning me to like where I am today and I wasn't aware of it sometimes I was doing jobs I was just like yeah it's the same point or like you know um or you know I was like why why am I here or how have I ended up like this um like so for example like I moved to London four years ago to do an MSc at SOAS in um violence conflict and development studies so looking at like world conflicts conflicts in between countries and the results of it so like human trafficking and um, and various like and you know what causes people to flee conflicts and how a country gets over a conflict like how do they heal how do they reconcile you know often when you've got in villages you've got neighbours who've killed members of your family how do you live next door to the murderer of like you know someone of your family which is you can't imagine um, and then um so and then I, I started looking for work like soon after I moved to London because my master's was part time and I was looking for like three months and I was praying and praying and praying and I was like God God please like make, help me find an amazing job um, and I was like I was finding it really difficult because I was just like again I was really like I need money I need to start working now but again like everything's in God's perfect plan um, so I got a job um, working at the Institute of Education for like a, as a centre of events administrator for a year for the Centre of Post-14 Research, which again was such a blessing because it was right next door to SOAS. They were a really good employer, they were really flexible, and it gave me like loads of skills that I was then able to use. A year later, a job came up as a communications officer, and this was two grades above me, and I was like, I don't have the experience of this. And I was like, no, like, there's no way I'm going to get it. But God was like, no, go for it. Like, you can do, you know, like, I've called you, you can do this. And, I, you know, I could see the other people waiting for the interviews, and they were all, like, way older than me, clearly had loads more experience. Um, but, praise God, like, I got the job, which was, like, such a blessing. Um, and my boss even said to me, like, when she offered me the job, she was like, I don't know why I'm offering you the job. <laughs> because she was like, everyone else had so much more experience than you, but we are. So I was just like, 
you know, such a great example of God, like, yeah, really working. Um, and then that role was like, those, so those two roles were like perfect training for my current job. So I think I spoke a bit about it two weeks ago for those of you who are here. So I now work for a non-profit charity that makes comic books about like um, conflict, refugees, migration, human trafficking, like, things like that. Um, so it's taken like all this experience, so like project management, communications, my experience of working like in universities, um, and also my heart for the world and like and working with charities because the um, comics are based on testimony. So like I'll go out and do field work. So I was in Serbia three two weeks ago. So like live you know being in refugee camps for a week and like you know speaking to people and bearing witness and like hearing about their lives. Um, and yeah, I just feel like incredibly blessed because I've n I never imagined this role if someone asked me like even a year ago what are you going to be doing in a year's time I'm like mm -mm. I definitely did not think it would be producing comic books but um <laughs> there you go so again like God always knows like best and I I think yeah it's just it's yeah it's just been yeah really really good so I felt like really um, really blessed that God's like used like all of my different skill sets um, so yeah and I think you know God calls us to be his hands and like reaching out to the lost like loving comforting giving sharing um, and you know handing out his like forgiveness and compassion and grace in all areas of our lives like he calls us to be his feet taking the good news to people who don't know him like, this can be your school it can be your workplace or it can be further afield and um, yeah, I think that's just so incredible. Like it's such an opportunity to like shine for God, and um, and also to try and to try and like um, show His heart to the world. To have like the sort of compassion that moves us to act like loving extravagantly, that you know, showing mercy and a forgiving love that covers like a multitude of sins. Um, and forgiveness is something that I've always like struggled with not just for myself like knowing that God's forgiven me like you know I know like intellectually that God has forgiven me for my sins but sometimes you know I just feel the need I keep having to pray for forgiveness for, for past sins and I know God said like you're done you're free like I died to carry this burden for you like um but also like in forgiving others because um, even though I can say, like, yeah, I've forgiven them, but often if a person's hurt me too much, my defense mechanism is to shut them out of my life. And God hasn't called us to do that. Because, uh, you know, in, um, like, Peter, or Jesus, he was like, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? And he was like, seven times? And Jesus was like, no, 70 times seven. And he did not mean that you should be counting. So you get to 490, you're like, okay, you're done. He meant that, you know, we need to forgive how God forgives and that's just you know over and over and over again like we sin every single day and God just keeps giving us a love and like forgiveness and and that's how we need to forgive um but you know like I've always found that hard because if you've been wronged over and over you want to walk away and protect yourself from further hurt but you know God's called us to actually do the opposite of what we think is logical and like really like shine for him and um, I find like Romans twelve nineteen like comforting because it says um, it's mine to avenge, I will repay. So God will win our battles for us. Like, and we know that even if you know it doesn't happen in this lifetime, it will happen in the next. 
and that you know we're called to be like warriors for God and just to trust in him and keep fixed on him because God wants us to be free from the bitter burden of unforgiveness and give it to him instead and Jesus said like it's finished now go in peace you're free and like really understanding that freedom like I'm, I'm still obviously I'm still learning it you're never going to totally understand how free we are in God um, but yeah so I'll just end with one um, verse so Ephesians 6 10 be strong in the Lord and the, his great power um, pray in the spirit and at all times with all kinds of prayers asking for everything you need to do this you must always be ready and never give up always pray for God's people That was refreshing, wasn't it? Thank you, Emma. Thank you. Okay, is everyone ready? <laughs> so this is what I'm going to share with you. The Lord said to speak to you on his behalf. There's some scriptures, so I'm going to read through these scriptures. And I'm going to read through the scriptures as if it was God talking himself. So Father, thank you. I thank you in the name of Jesus um, that your people desire you Lord and I thank you that they want to hear your voice clearly um, and I just pray Lord that they really do that they hear the word of the Lord today um, for their hearts in Jesus name Malachi 3 and verse 6 this is what the Lord told me to tell you all concerning the situation with this church that's going on now concerning your own personal lives this is what the scriptures um, that I'm going to share with you are pertaining to Malachi 3 and verse 6, the Lord said, For I am the Lord and I do not change. Everything that I have told you about yourself, about your present and about your future, it's not going to change. It's not going to change. Whatever I've told you, that will stand. He said, I am the Lord. I do not change. He doesn't change his mind. He knows what he's doing. Numbers 23 and verse 19, the Lord says, I am not a man that I should lie, nor am I the son of man that I should repent. I have said it. Will I not do it? And if you look at that scripture in the Bible, it's got a question mark. Will I not do it? That's what God is saying. Have I not spoken? Will I not make it good? There's a lot of eyes there. God is able to do what he says he will do. Yeah. Psalms 33:11. My counsel stands forever. And so do my plans from my heart, from generation to generation. God's counsel and his plans about this generation and about you individually, they stand forever. Isaiah 46 verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things which have not yet been done, saying my purposes, this is what God is saying, my purposes will be established. I will accomplish all of my pleasure. The pleasure of the Lord, nothing can stop it. God's pleasure will be accomplished, not our pleasure, not the way we want things. Oh, I don't want this done. Why did that happen? What? God said that his pleasure will be accomplished. Amen. Isaiah 43 and verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. God has chosen you so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there is no other God that has been formed and there will be no God after me. God is supreme and he knows what he's doing in our lives. Psalm 138 verse 8. I will accomplish that which concerns me, says the Lord. My loving kindness is everlasting. You concern God, so he will accomplish that which is in your life. 
God is very concerned about our life. Two more scriptures. Philippians 1 and verse 6. Be confident of this very thing, that I have already begun a good work in you. God's already begun it, and I will perfect it until the day my son returns. That's a promise from the Lord. Hebrews 13 and verse 8. I am Jesus Christ. I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Do you stand to your feet, please? Lord, I just want to make a declaration. I want to decree over our lives the word of the Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Not one of your plans and purposes and what you have told us will fall to the ground. Everything you have shared with us about our lives, our personal lives on this earth, will come to pass. Father, we will not look to ourselves. We will not look to a man. We will look to you. We will fix our eyes upon Jesus. Jesus can change anything at any moment. God wants you to fix your eyes upon him. So, Father, I decree and declare that we are blessed. We are the people of God. We are the ones that have been sent into this earth to make a difference, to be lights that shine brightly. And, Father, we give our lives over to you fully, completely, and absolutely. As we go about our week this week, we will remember who we are and whose we are. We declare that you are the living God and you are Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Nazareth. You were he who was dead, but you are alive forevermore. In Jesus' name be blessed. Amen. 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 And we, we are ending the service. There's teas and coffees, um, and you can bless someone with prayer or a chat. Or, so, bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week. And God bless.